passion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Jordan Gowing. All right, well, this morning we are going to be continuing our sermon series on uh, Taming the Tongue. And uh, over the last several weeks, we have looked at various topics on how we can use our words for good, as well as some dangers and some pitfalls for us to avoid when we open our mouths. And this morning, we're going to look at the other side of communication, and that is not just using our words in a wise manner, but also how do we listen in a way that honors the Lord Jesus. And I'll I'll be the first to confess that when it comes to listening, I wish I spent a whole lot more time listening and less time talking than I do. Uh, There are a number of conversations that I can I can look back upon, and and almost instantly after that conversation, I can see how I dominated. I was the one who talked the most, and and I would have rather been someone who listened. And and I can think of countless times where I've been in a conversation with someone, but I've been distracted by a number of things, whether that's a TV that is on in the background, or my phone, or I'm just running through a to-do list in my head. I'm daydreaming. The list could go on and on and on instead of being fully present in that moment. What about you? Do you consider yourself a good listener, or maybe you're a distracted listener? Or maybe you're a dominant talker? What would others say of you? What is your reputation to those who know you? Are you someone who dominates conversation, or are you someone who listens with rapt attention? That the person that that you are talking with has has this sense that you deeply care about what they have to say because you're asking wonderful questions. Your full focus is on them. And as we consider God's word this morning, that's what we're going to look at. And and as I've considered the importance of listening, here's the lens through which I want us to just consider this entire topic. It's simply this. The overarching principle of listening is simply that listening follows the footsteps of Jesus in loving those who are around us. Listening follows the footsteps of Jesus and loving those who are around us. When you are active in listening, when you are intentional in being a good listener, you're following Jesus' own footsteps in loving other people. That's the lens through which we're going to consider this topic this morning, loving others. Listening is a form of loving other people, and there are a number of passages that talk about listening in the Bible, and we're going to look at those this morning, but I want us to just first and foremost consider that when we listen, when we listen well, it is an act of love. Now, just one more word before we jump in to this this morning. While listening has always been crucial and probably underdeveloped. I I don't know if there's ever been a time where listening has been so challenging than it is right now, actually listening to people. And I just want us to consider two reasons for that, for the downfall of listening today. The first one is this, and that's just the distractions of our technological age. We live in a world where technology is everywhere, and many times that's a good thing. But at the same time, it also means that it takes a concerted effort to listen well to other people. 
I don't think there's anyone among us who would say that they haven't been annoyed when they find themselves in a conversation when the person that you're talking with is more interested in their phone or looking at notifications on their watch. I don't think there's anyone among us who hasn't struggled when you're out to eat at a restaurant and you've just been sucked into watching the TVs that are hanging on the walls. The more apps you have on your phone, the more notifications you have set up on those apps, the, the more those things will sap your attention and the harder it will be to listen to other people. You, you have to be intentional in guarding yourself against these interruptions. And so if you want to be serious and loving other people through listening, then you have to have a healthy relationship with technology first and foremost. And I would recommend, there's a number of books on this topic. I would recommend Competing Spectacles or 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Ranke. Another good book is Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Two excellent books would be The Wisdom Pyramid by Matt Smethers. And, and you don't have to write these down. You can ask me after the service and I can tell you about them. One that I just got done reading a, a couple weeks ago that I found immensely helpful was The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. Incredibly important books on, on navigating our technological age in a healthy way, which is essential for being a better listener. But there's another, and it's closely related, pitfall of our culture today, and that is the frenetic pace of our lives. We live our lives at 100 miles an hour. We live in a culture that, that sees busyness and efficiency as absolute goods. Uh, our world today, both within the church and outside of the church, consider pro productivity an inherent and complete good. We live in this world that says, why, why do less when you can do more? And I'll be honest, the, the hurried life of today makes listening makes it really hard. It's incompatible with good listening. Deadlines, to-dos, multitasking, those are the enemies of good listening. Good listening requires time, and many times there's no tangible show from it when it comes to actually listening. If you are going to love others, by listening, by truly listening, then you will be swimming against the current of our lives, which is pressuring each of us toward busyness. Now, there's, there's a ton more that I could say on this topic, and, and I probably talked too long about it. You can see how much it, it means to me, it matters to me. But I want us to just turn our attention, with that being said, on this idea of listening. Consider five things that the Bible tells us about the importance of listening. Let's pray once more as we approach God's word. Lord, in the busyness of life today, we ask that you would help us to slow down. Help us to be people who listen to you and listen to others. God, give us eyes to see that listening is at its heart an act of love. And with that in mind, we ask that you would help us to love you and to love others more and more. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Being a good listener is an essential part of the Christian life because listening is one of the most practical ways to love other people. That's the first thing we want to look at this morning. 
listening is one of the most practical ways that you can love other people. Consider Paul's words that he wrote to the church in Philippi. Philippians chapter 2, he says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. If we look at listening through the lens of Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, we see that listening is, in, in essence, putting these verses to practice. Listening is the exercise of humility in the middle of a conversation. When we listen well, we fix all of our attention on what the other person has to say because we count others and what they have to say as of more significance than ourselves. And this is hard work. Because if we're going to love others through listening, that means that we have to be actively involved in what they are saying. We have to ask further questions in order to learn more. We have to be aware of our body language, what we're communicating through that, what, what we might not even be wanting to communicate. While we are listening, we have to show genuine interest in what the other person is saying. That's what Paul is getting at here in this last part of verse 4. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. One of my favorite sitcoms is Parks and Recreation. This is a few years old. It covers the idiosyncrasies of a local parks department in rural Indiana. And uh, one of the things that I love about it is, as the head of the department, Ron Swanson, is, uh, is notorious for his dislike of other people. He just cannot stand talking to other people. And in one of the episodes, Ron is instructed by his human resource department that he has to hold regular meetings with his employees to listen to their concerns. And if you know anything about Ron, this is absolute torture for him. And so Ron uh, meets these requirements by having this once-a-month wine and cheese club where he provides cheese for his employees and he listens to them whine. And they can complain. But there's a catch, and let's go ahead and throw that picture up there. This is how Ron listens. He has soundproof headphones on and listens to Willie Nelson the entire time. And it's a it's really funny moment because it shows that his employees don't actually care about Ron fixing their concerns. They don't actually want someone to address their issues. They just want to complain about other people, which we looked at last week. At the same time, Ron has zero interest in listening to the concerns of his employees. And when I see that picture, it's hard for me not to, to think of Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, in light of listening as an act of love. How often are we, now we might not have headphones on like that, it might not be as blatant for us, but how often are we in the midst of conversation completely unengaged, completely uninterested in what the other person says? How often are our hearts, if we could see what they're actually like, in the midst of a conversation, a reflection of what we see from Ron here? Headphones on, our mind anywhere but the conversation before us. Listening is hard work because love is hard work. It is hard to show genuine concern for other people. It is hard to be genuinely interested in what they are saying. 
And yet this is the charge of a Christian's call to love others. This is rooted in the Christian's call to love others as ourselves, as Jesus charges his followers in Matthew chapter 22. Consider Jesus' words. A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If we dominate conversations, are we really loving our neighbor as we love ourselves? If we are unengaged and not listening when we find ourselves in conversation, are we really loving our neighbors as we love ourselves? Is our commitment to listen rooted in this inherent worth of the person that we are talking with? God has created every single human who has ever lived, will ever live in his image, and as such, they are infinitely precious and valuable in his sight. Listening means that we see them the exact same way that God does. Seeing their conversation with the same eyes that God does. God never is only partially listening to us when we come to him. If we are going to love others, then we have to do the hard work of listening. And listening is one of the most practical ways that we can love others the way that Jesus loves us. That's not all the Bible has to say when it comes to listening. If we turn to the Proverbs, we see over and over and over there is this connection between our ability and willingness to listen, and whether we are wise or foolish. The Proverbs make it abundantly clear that listening is an essential part of wisdom. That's the second thing that we see from uh, from the Bible when it comes to listening. Listening is an essential part of wisdom. This is especially true when it comes to listening in tense or or conflict-filled conversations. Notice what Proverbs chapter 18 says. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. If your listening is really just impatiently waiting for the other person to get done talking so that you can say your part, say what you want to say, then you're a fool according to the book of Proverbs. It is much harder, it is much more uncomfortable to listen and try to understand the person that you disagree with than it is to just state your own opinion. But wisdom requires us to do the hard work of listening in order to understand. Now that certainly doesn't mean that you have to agree with the other person. But wisdom will address the true issue at your heart, in your heart, rather than tangents, rather than straw men, because it takes the time to listen and understand before responding. Former missionary Janet Dunn ties the heart of this proverb with what we read in Philippians chapter 2 a moment ago about humility. She writes this, Unfortunately, many of us are too preoccupied with ourselves when we listen. Instead of concentrating on what is being said, we are busy either deciding what to say in response or mentally rejecting the other person's point of view. 
The Proverbs say something similar just a few verses later, again, in in Proverbs chapter 18. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. If you answer a person before you willingly listen to them, it is to your folly and shame, not the other person's. You are the one who is shamed by this action. And I, I look at my own life and I find myself guilty of this all the time, especially as a parent, especially when I, I only assume the worst of when my kids do something that they, they shouldn't have done. And, and if I ask my child to do something and it is left undone, I confront them about it. And I find that many times I have already reached the conclusion of why they didn't do what I asked them to do, rather than taking the time to listen to them. And my heart is convicted when, after finally con- when they finally convince me to listen to them, my kids will explain their reasoning for why they did what they did. And in these moments, listening before giving an answer would have given me a greater compassion for their perspective. It would have given me a greater understanding of why they did what they did. All if I would just listen before I speak. To say nothing of the potential damage to a relationship that I might do in those moments. And of course the Bible says I wouldn't be a fool if I were willing to listen rather than answer before I hear. Do you see how how listening, actually listening, is tied to wisdom in the Proverbs? It's hard work, but it is essential to to live a a measured and wise life according to the Proverbs. Proverbs 29 says as much. We see this in Proverbs 29. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than him. There are two sides to this proverb on speaking. For one, it encourages us to be slow to speak. And we're soon going to see that from James chapter 1. We should give pause to our words to make sure that what we say is actually what we want to say or what we should say. There is nothing wrong with being slow to speak. In fact, it's pretty wise according to the Bible. And for that matter, there is nothing wrong with saying nothing at all, as Proverbs again makes clear. Proverbs chapter 10, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The more that you talk, the more likely you are to say something that you should not say. So when the Proverbs talk of foolishness, or being hasty in speech, one implication is that we should put a speed bump between our hearts and our lips. There should be something that slows us down. We saw from Jesus in Matthew chapter 12 that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We should put a speed bump in between our hearts and our mouth so that what comes out of our mouth, we slow down before we actually say those things. And said, in case we say something that we would later regret. We also see this proverb stresses the importance of listening. Just as Proverbs 18 makes clear, we must do the hard work of listening before we respond to someone else. Hasty words in a conversation are disastrous. We must move slower 
more intentionally with our words. A commitment to being a good listener will, make, will pay off massive dividends. It will help us avoid foolishness. It will help us to cultivate wisdom. Listening is an essential part of wisdom. Another area that the Bible stresses when it comes to listening is that listening is a guard against anger. Listening is a guard against anger. This is what we see from James chapter 119, one of the most well-known passages in the Bible on the importance of listening. It says this. I'm going to read some of the context as well. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every, every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Our first week looking at uh, the tongue, we were in James chapter 3. And in James chapter 3, we saw that James uses two illustrations to describe the disproportionate power of the tongue. The tongue, even though it is small, can wield this massive influence. And yet those two illustrations not only tell us about the disproportionate power of the tongue, they also tell us that the tongue is controlled by something else. Look at James chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 again. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Notice especially that last phrase, wherever the will of the pilot directs. All too often, your tongue, my tongue, can be controlled by uncontrollable emotions, especially anger. When I reflect on my life and the, and the words that I have said, the, the things that I say that bring me the most regret are almost always things that I have said in anger. The pilot, to use the language of James chapter 3, verse 4, that directs where my words are going in those moments, driven by anger. That is why James says we must be slow to speak and quick to listen. It's almost always a good thing to say nothing when you are upset or angry. Significantly, the key to becoming increasingly quick to listen and slow to speak, especially in anger, is to listen to the Word of God. This is actually the context that we see in James chapter 1, in this context of, of James chapter 1 verse 19, to, to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Just a few verses later, James talks about listening, responding to the word of God. That's why listening starts with the word of God. It's not enough to listen to the word of God, however, without any sort of resolve to actually put it into practice, to, to let what we hear transform us. James says that just a few verses later. Notice what he immediately says after what we just read. After talking about the importance of being quick to listen and slow to speak, James has this to say on what listening should look like. Pick up in verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. 
But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. In other words, what James is saying is that this idea of listening, it starts with listening to and responding to the word of God. It will do us no good, whether that is eternal good or temporary good, if we hear the word of God and we do not put it into practice. A number of years ago, while I was in seminary, during the summers, I would go and work for my dad back in southwest Iowa. And one of the things that I, I did was I did a ton of mowing. And I was off in these, uh, these rural locations mowing these, these different places for this um, uh, regional water company miles away from anyone else. And, and I would spend an hour or two off by myself. And I had nothing better to do, no one to talk to. And so I would just listen to the Word of God. I would listen to it on repeat, on repeat. And I, sometimes I'd listen to sermons. And, and, and one time I was listening to this sermon and, and I was challenged by what the pastor said in the midst of the sermon. He says, some of you need to stop listening to so many sermons and start putting into practice what you've already heard. <laughs> and I was terribly convicted because I saw in that moment that I, I, was, I was heaping judgment upon myself if I was going to submit myself or subject myself to hearing the Word of God, hearing so much of the Word of God, eight hours a day, and yet not putting it into practice. That's what James is saying here. This commitment to hear the Word of God and to put into practice the Word of God is something we actually regularly encounter in the Gospels as well, particularly the parable of the soils. Mark chapter 4 tells us the parable of the soils. You might know it as the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4, Jesus is telling this story to a gathered crowd. This massive crowd comes to, to hear him teach. And he tells this crowd about this man who goes out to, to scatter seed on his land. Some of the seed that he throws out is eaten by birds. Some of it as actually begins to grow at first, and yet then it's choked out by thorns and weeds. Some has no root and withers under the heat of the scorching sun. And yet some of the seed... A small portion of the seed takes root and it grows and produces this amazing harvest. And for us as readers of the Gospels, we're given, just a few verses later, we're given the interpretation. And so the parable for us is relatively easy for us to understand. And yet Jesus is giving more than this powerful illustration of the different responses to the Word of God. He's also giving a crucial lesson on listening specifically on listening to the Word of God. In Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus starts his parable with these words. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And then he gives the parable, and at the end of the parable he concludes, with, and he hasn't gotten to the interpretation at this point. Jesus just tells the story. There's no interpretation. He gets to the end of the story and he closes with these words. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's it. That's Jesus' teaching. He starts with, listen, behold. A modern day way of saying this would be, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. And then he gets to the end of what he's telling them, and he says, in essence, are you going to pay attention? 
And we might say, well, what exactly is going on here? I mentioned that Jesus is teaching us about listening. We see actually in verse 10 that the, the crowds begin to disperse. They begin to wander away from Jesus. I imagine over the next few moments, it would have been incredibly interesting for us to observe the crowd. Here's this story about this sower. And I, I would assume that in that moment, they think that Jesus has just stopped talking. He's paused for dramatic effect. And so they're waiting there, waiting for Jesus to start talking again. But Jesus remains silent. And I think that silence lasts so long that it's deafening. And it's this crowd slowly begin to murmur. We see that actually eventually some people begin to leave. No doubt they leave because they're confused. Little doubt that they leave because they are disappointed. Some of them traveled for dozens, maybe even hundreds of miles to see Jesus, and all they get is this story about a farmer. And so one family leaves, and then another leaves, and then another. And eventually hundreds of people are leaving, completely underwhelmed by Jesus, who just remains silent. He's teaching from the boat, not even on land. See, Jesus started his story with the words, pay attention, and closes with, are you paying attention? And what do the crowds say through their actions? No, we weren't listening. It's made even clearer in the next verses, verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. These verses are hard to understand. These verses actually, when I was in seminary, made me consider leaving this calling to be a pastor because I couldn't understand the, the significance of what Jesus was saying here. But I wrestled with them. And on the surface, it looks like Jesus is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm teaching in riddles so that people will, will stand condemned on the day of judgment. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Consider what's taking place in the context here. Crowds have gathered that to hear Jesus speak, and, and yet they gradually disperse because of Jesus' silence. And yet, what we see at the beginning of verse 10, this, verse 10 is, is the most important verse. We see that not everyone leaves. There are some who do not understand, but also do not leave. Unlike the crowds who, who are left, uh, unlike the crowds who, are, who left Jesus, they're, they're willing to wait Jesus out. They're willing to stay there in the silence until Jesus explains what he meant. That's the crucial part of verse 10 when it says, and when he was alone, those around him with the 12. It wasn't just his, his called disciples. It was anyone who stuck around waiting to hear from Jesus. Some people stick around. They've heard, but they do not understand. And yet rather than leaving because this is too hard to understand, they run to Jesus for an explanation. 
And then Jesus goes into detail about the meaning of the parable, and that's what we see in verses 13 through 20. I mentioned that this parable is primarily about how we listen. It reveals that if we are going to be a people who listen to the word of God, if we're going to be a people who, like James 1 say, says, that we're going to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, then true listening starts with running to Jesus. True listening means to press into the Lord Jesus to understand what he is saying. It is to do the hard work of digging deep when we encounter a passage that we do not understand. It is to cry out to the Lord who authored this book and ask him to reveal himself to us. And from there, it is a commitment to respond in a way that doesn't just hear, but puts into practice the words we have heard. Again, this is what we see in the parable of the soils in Mark chapter 4. Those who have the good soil, they're those who actually listen. They, they actually listen because they stick around. They refuse to let go of Jesus. And because they actually listen, they bear much fruit. A commitment to listen to the Lord through his word. And in doing so, they follow the footsteps of the Son the Lord Jesus. And that's actually what we see, our, our, our final point on, on listening this morning. When we, we look at Jesus, we see that, that Jesus himself has this commitment to faithfully listen, to faithfully follow in his Father's words. And if we're going to do the same thing, we see that, that listening is to follow the example of Jesus. Listening is to follow the example of Jesus. This is true in listening to the word of God. And it's also true in listening in our conversations with others. In Isaiah chapter 50, Isaiah 50 is what is known, or part of it is, is considered a servant song. It's talking about it, uh, talking about the servant of the Lord ultimately the Lord Jesus. And it's saying, this is what the servant will be like when he comes. And part of Psalm, or excuse me, part of Isaiah 50 is actually written from the perspective of the servant himself. In other words, part of Isaiah 50 is giving us insight into the very thought process, the very heart commitment of Jesus himself. So we read this in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, from the perspective of Jesus here. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. I find this verse, this passage absolutely beautiful because here we see Jesus' own commitment in his ministry. We see for Jesus, he, he's taught, to, he, he listens as those who are taught. And being taught, he's being taught to speak with a certain end in mind. And we, hear, we see here in verse 4 that that end in mind is to sustain with a word, the one who is weary. We might say, well, how exactly is Jesus taught? 
Well, see at the very end of verse 4, morning by morning, he listens to his father. And you look at the Gospels, and this is exactly what you see from Jesus. It is not at all uncommon for him to go away to a desolate place to be with his father, to listen to his father. Jesus' ministry of compassion and mercy and peace, his ability to sustain people who are weary, to sustain you and me when we are weary, is rooted in a daily commitment to listen to his father. And as followers of the servant of the Lord, as followers of the servant king, the Lord Jesus, the same can be true for us as well. If you want to know how you can use your words for good, if you want to know how God can use your words to sustain those who are around you who are weary, and and I think each and every one of us can say we know people who are weary. If you want to know how to sustain and encourage be a source of compassion and mercy and peace for those who are weary. You follow the footsteps of Jesus here. Morning by morning, listen. Listen to the word of God, to your heavenly Father. We follow the example of Jesus in listening to God, but we also follow the example of Jesus when we are intentional in listening to other people as well. I began our time this morning by saying that I think one of the dangers of our our culture, one of the reasons why listening is so hard for us today is because of the frenetic and hurried pace of our lives. But as you read the Gospels, you look at the life of Jesus, you'll never encounter a story where Jesus is hurried. You will never encounter a a story where Jesus is frenetic. Over the past five weeks on Wednesday nights, we've had a a group that gets together um, going through the book Taming the Tongue. And one of the things that I I mentioned there last Wednesday night is that as we look at the life of Jesus, the way I see it is it's just a, a life of unhurried intention. Jesus is never hurried but he always moves with intention. And if you were to to describe our culture, I'd say, if anything, it's the opposite. It's not unhurried intention. It's unintentional busyness. Being hurried, going from place to place. Jesus, throughout his ministry, prizes relationship. He prizes listening more than productivity or the next big thing. Jesus understands that people are the mission, that he came to seek and save the lost. And so he spends a great deal of time with a Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, listening to her. And he does it with intention, always asking questions to draw her to him. Shockingly, in Mark chapter 5, he lets Jairus' daughter die so that he can listen to a woman who has been suffering from bleeding for 12 years. And again, he does so with intention. It's to draw her to himself and also to draw Jairus' entire family to himself by rescuing his daughter out of death. 
You get to Mark chapter 7. Jesus brings this deaf and mute man, and he brings him away from the crowds into this quiet place, heals him, not as a, as, not as a show for everyone to watch, but instead treats him with value as a person, healing him in private. He gives him dignity. And, and listening might not be explicitly mentioned there, and yet surely there was a great deal of listening that took place in that quiet place in the private, as he sustained with a word the one who was weary. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is days away from the cross, days away from the culmination of his rescue plan for humanity. He's on his way to Jerusalem to accomplish the most important event in world history, in the history of the cosmos. If there was ever a time to be preoccupied, if there was ever a time to be hurried or distracted or just want to get it over with, surely this was the moment. And yet Jesus, as he's walking to Jerusalem in his unhurried intention, stops to listen to the cries of two blind beggars. Because people are the mission. When we are intentional in listening, we follow the example of Jesus. Listening may slow us down, but that's a good thing. To follow the example of our unhurried, intentional King. When we listen to God through His Word, we are able to sustain with a word the one who is weary. Do you see how listening follows the footsteps of Jesus and loving those who are around us? A commitment to listening, really listening to other people. It's crucial for wisdom. It's necessary to guard our hearts against anger. Both of these things, sinful anger and foolishness, are antithetical to a love for others. We must follow King Jesus in listening and doing the word of God. We must follow King Jesus with unhurried intention in our listening to others. Because in doing this, we show love in a way that is sorely lacking in this world. Listening simply just follows Jesus in loving others. Let's pray. Jesus, I confess that all too often I am hurried and rushed and distracted. And as such, I don't listen the way that I ought. I don't love others the way that I ought. Forgive me, God. Help us. Help us to be people who listen. Who listen to you and from that place that we would be a people who can sustain others with a word, sustain those who are weak and weary with encouragement that comes from your word. 
and help us listen to others that we might show them incredible love in a way that our world struggles and lacks today. Help us, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Jordan's sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.